You're listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent in Birmingham, Alabama, a church with a heart for the gospel. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org. Let's pray. Gracious Father, uh, be with us now as we remember the... uh, the old collect, O God, who makest us glad with the yearly remembrance of the birth of thine only Son, Jesus Christ. Grant that as we joyfully receive him for our Redeemer, so we may with sure confidence behold him when he shall come to be our judge, who liveth, with, who liveth and reigneth with thee in the Holy Ghost, one God, world without end. Amen. Good morning. Hey, Mike. Um, so the sounds of Christmas, Alan just asked me a few minutes ago, so we're going to listen to what I'm going Well, that was the intent about two weeks ago when I titled the class before I knew what I was going to do. And strangely enough, I don't have any audio queued up. And so um, uh, the sounds of Christmas, I do want to play with this idea. Um, what is the sounds of Christmas? When I think of Christmas, I wonder if you're the same. Um, I mean, the sounds of Christmas are kind of what come first, the resonance that I have. I mean, there's the smell, which is the strong recollective sense when you smell uh, the, the, the Christmas tree or the hot chocolate or you know that, that pot of coffee on Christmas morning. There's, there's smells that can take you back to, uh, to a place that either actually existed or with you know the helpful sort of photoshopping of time when you sort of, oh, my happy childhood, you remember all that? And then it was all that. So smells can take you back. Um, sights certainly can, coming into the church, and you see the greens, you smell the greens, you, uh, you see the lights, you see them twinkle. But I think it's the sound. It's the sound, and we're bombarded with it. Now it's almost become cheapened, where the sounds, you know, it, you know <laughs> it's become a point where it's too easy of a target, but, you know, October 28th, you start to hear the sounds of Christmas if you if you stop long enough on the radio to hear the uh, the Christmas songs. But it's, it's about this time of year, about this time of the month, where the sounds begin to kind of work their way in, to me, anyway. Um, the, the, the sounds of the songs, the sounds of conversations, the sounds kind of around uh, conversations with my children, spent the day with Margaret yesterday, part of the day. You know, just those sounds starting to think and talk and interact and have the sound be the, the avenue to the heart. And I guess that's where I want to go. Um, a preface to this little class, which I guess I've done um, a lot in the past several years, is I like to teach this particular Sunday, the Sunday before Christmas. And with all intent, I mean, I'm teaching myself, I'm talking to myself to kind of feel it, you know, feel Christmas. Not necessarily the photoshopped Christmas, but Christmas for me in the blue note, in the pain, and then the longing, and the the hurt, and in the promise, and in the hope, and in the certain and sure uh, uh, coming of God into the world in a, as a baby to grow to be a man who would be sacrificed as the Lamb of God for my sins. Um, Christmas. The sound of Christmas. So all these sounds, um, we hear it. It's that sound that breaks through to the heart. Because, um, of course, the scriptural underpinning here is the gospel um, comes to us as a sound. And faith, as Paul would say in Romans, comes by hearing, hearing the word of Christ. And so that's that's my hope, that our, my stony heart, not yours, mine, my stony heart will, uh, uh, will break. And then in that brokenness, we'll find... Um, 
the 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 seed of the stump of the root of Jesse. You can hear the, you know, four four steps removed there, uh, will begin to shine forth a little bit. So within the sounds of Christmas, and why did I call them the peculiar sounds of Christmas? That's been a fun word for me for a few years. Um, peculiar in the sense of odd, certainly, but odd because it's not normal. It's not native. It's not natural. It's not what four out of five dentists automatically agree on. It's it's odd. It's alien. It's outside. It's not what's already here. The sound of Christmas is an odd sound. The sound of Christmas is an alien sound. It's a peculiar sound because it's unique, because I don't live with it in myself every day. I don't wake up with it in my heart. You know, It's got to be given to me from the outside. And so this peculiar sound of Christmas, of God coming through. Um, the natural and native sounds, what would these sound like? Um, get up and do it again. Um, power and might, win the day. Bigger is better. Safety comes from strength. Double down on newer, bigger, better, stronger, faster. Naughty people do not get what they uh, don't get, but the nice people will get it in the end. Um, uh, in other words, what comes around goes around. Um, ideas like security and peace, really, it's great out there, but really I just want to be happy. It's really about me. I just want to be comfortable. I want to be okay in my own little world. And when I hear about the Prince of Peace coming, I just want to know that I'm going to be okay. Um, very selfish, self-interested sound. It's native to me. Um, uh, and then, in some ways, more than anything else, I wake up and the natural sound is that I know what's real and what's true, what's actual, what's needed, and what's good. And I'm a good arbiter of that. I'm a good judge of that. And I tell myself what's good for me. And I know what to expect. And I can look at something and say, that thing that's coming, that's going to be helpful. But that thing over there, that's not helpful. That's natural. But the sound of Christmas is an alien sound. I might look at it and say, that thing over there, that's helpful. And God's going to say, not at all. But that thing over there that I don't even want to look at, he's going to say, there I am. And we'll see that in a minute. Um, so this alien sound of Christmas. Um, one place I go is, uh, I haven't done this before. Uh, one thing I have to do is, since I do this class, it's like my only repeated class. It's like, okay, come up with something a little bit different. Don't do In the Bleak Midwinter again, um, uh, which has still, still got me, still got my heart. Um, but here's C.S. Lewis. Here's how he called this. Um, Enemy-occupied territory. That's what this world is. Christianity is the story of how the rightful king has landed. You might say landed in disguise. And it's calling us all to take part in a great campaign of sabotage. When you go to church, you are really listening in to the secret wireless from our friends. That is why the enemy is so anxious to prevent us from going. He does it by playing uh, to our conceit and laziness and intellectual snobbery. I know somebody's going to ask me, do you really mean at this time to reintroduce our old friend the devil, hoofs and horns and all? Well, what time of day, uh, what, what the time of day has to do with it, I'm not sure, but I... And I am not particular about the hoofs and the horns. But in other respects, I say, yes, I do. I do not claim to know anything about his personal appearance, Satan. But if anybody really wants to know him, I say, uh, but if anybody really wants to know him better, I would say to that person, don't worry. You really want to, you will. Whether you'll like it when you do, well, that's another question. The whole idea here of enemy-occupied territory and God 
as it were, planning an insurgency and coming through. It's the beginning of the alien invasion, the outside invasion of the world as it is. The natural and native sound has to be undone. So what are some of these peculiar sounds of Christmas, these alien, strange, and distinct sounds? Play with a lot of these, I think. The sound of waiting and longing, of promise and hope, of hiddenness and of the ordinary, but then of revelation. The words like behold and lo are going to be really important words that sort of tell us to wake up, behold, awake, lo, hear, see, feel, touch, taste. Um, and then ultimately the sound of security and peace. So starting with all this in Advent, as we talk about a lot, our namesake, um, the coming of the two Advents, Zach's great sermon today, the sound of waiting and longing. Um, I don't know what hymn you think of, what song, what sound you think of, but that's, O come, O come. Emmanuel. The plea of coming, of course, the emotion you might say on the flip side is is uh, is longing. The description of that is waiting. The description of that is waiting. As Tom Petty said, waiting is the hardest part. You know, we wait and we wait and we wait. Um, I remember in the you know most in this room will remember this. Um, a few of y'all won't. Uh, when microwaves just came, you remember that. Um, and it seemed like you could put a cup of water in there and it would be hot in two minutes. And that was like, wow, it was unbelievably fast. And yesterday I caught myself, I was making myself a cup of, uh, a cup of hot water um, for, a, for an instant coffee. And, uh, and I remember thinking like, you know, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. You know, hurry, hurry, hurry. It's just everything feels like it's waiting. You know, I'm waiting for the page to load. I mean, get a grip, Gil. It's not that big a deal. I mean, and I feel like, you know, this internet thing is so slow. Waiting, 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 waiting. And that's just so facile and superficial to the real waiting. I mean, nowhere in the history of rooms has a waiting room ever been a place of like, oh, good. You know, I get to go wait. You know, we wait and then the association, especially in a waiting room, is not good. We're waiting, and we're waiting. And we hear in the scriptures, the word that seems to be repeated more than any other is, wait upon the Lord, wait for him, and he is coming. Um, and then to amplify it all the way up, uh, we, in a certain sense, and I think this is true, I was thinking about this, this is the part that I feel most, least confident in, but I, th I think it's true. What's my, even as something as facile and goofy as waiting for an internet page to load or a, uh, a sense of uh, impatience in a waiting room or waiting for, for, a cup of, for a cup of water to heat up, all that's just the precursor to the ultimate waiting as we're waiting for death. What Freud would call the Thanatos syndrome. He really put that in there, that we're, with our fear of death, that we know that it's coming and the impatience of all that is that reflection of the waiting for death. And if you spend any time at all in what we now call assisted living, what we used to call just you know, homes, um, it's why, why, why is it so sad to us? Well, it's just full of people waiting to die. Just waiting to die. And there's that sense where it strikes us. And I think at Christmas, the hearts are open just a little bit more. Mine is. And that sense of waiting, the internal waiting, which is also so laden with my own fear of, uh, of death and of things unfinished and left unsaid and left unsaid and done and left undone. And all that is pregnant 
in this sense of waiting. Which brings us to, of all places, <laughs> it surprised me even, that I would go to Hans Holbein's picture. Um, it's called The Portrait of the Dead Christ in the Tomb. Holy Saturday, as we call it, the day between Friday and Sunday. few times in art uh, has this really been sort of depicted. And I was preparing this thing about it yesterday, and I was like, of course, waiting. Waiting for, as Bono would say, kind of climbing into U2 again in their new album, um, wake up, dead man, wake up! You know, we need you here. Um, oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel. Oh, come, Emmanuel, God with us. Can it be this waiting, this longing, this picture of Holbein? We seem to wait for it at Christmas. We wait and we wait and we wait with this longing. How long will we wait? So we hear these words um, where we're, we're, we're praying for God to come and do something, for this dead man to wake up, um, come and ransom us and free us and open for us one thing but close to us another. Because here's the words from from this old, old hymn. I think it's 12th century, so this goes way back. O come, O come, Emmanuel, and ransom captive Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. O come, thou rod of Jesse, free. Free thine own from Satan's tyranny. From the depths of hell thy people save and give them victory over the grave. O come, thou key of David, come and open wide our heavenly home. Make safe the way that leads on high and close the path to misery. We're pleading, we're yearning, we're longing, we're waiting for him to come and to free us, from, to ransom us and to free us and to open one door and to close another, to close the door to misery, but open to us the way of, of, of peace and life and health. And even in the midst of all this, the hymnist, even back in the 12th century, even then couldn't help but deliver a word, a different sound, a sound of promise in the refrain, which is linked, as we know, to every, every one of those verses. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Um, the sounds of Christmas, they're a mixed sound. In one ear we have this place of longing, and in the other ear we have the promise being given, rejoice, but it hurts, but rejoice, but, but pain, but rejoice. Emmanuel shall come to thee, Israel. Um, so these sounds of, of longing and hurt and provision and fear, uh, we can go through and think about different sounds. The sounds of hiddenness and of the ordinary and the sound of revelation, the sound of behold, the sound of low. Getting ahead of ourselves a little bit with Christ coming, uh, let's think about a little bit further how I might expect him to be here. Again, this native sound which is present. Um, if you'd expect divinity to come, it might look something like this. Um, Lo, he comes in clouds descending. And certainly it will, you know, with, with thunder and great might, with, uh, with lightning bolts and with, you know, you know, muscles. This is John Paul Rubens. Some of us have seen this. It's in the Alta Pinotec in, uh, in Munich, um, where he comes again, and he will the second time, uh, with on the clouds and great glory, where every tongue shall confess and every knee bow and confess that this is Jesus Christ the Lord, Adonai, the Mighty One, the One who is the Lord as the boss, as the, the authority over all, even over time itself, when He says, Stop! 
that even time will stop, that all things and all manner of things will then be judged. Even the prayer that we're going to pray again on Sunday, next Sunday, Christmas Eve, that's what the prayer is about. It's very unromantic um, that when Christ comes again as judge, Advent, that the provision of the child at Christmas will be our Savior. So all these themes are present here, this mixed sound, this sunders sound. But this isn't how God comes the first time. And I don't think it's how God shows up in life a lot for us now. Um, uh, this sound instead is the sound of a hiddenness, of opposite, of even offense, of God and death, going back to the slide before that. And so now we bring forward what you'd expect. God hidden in birth, in the typical and the ordinary, um, an otherwise completely forgettable birth. Um, uh, so with that, let me read Isaiah. Isaiah 9. Um, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And of the greatness of his government and peace, there will be no end. And he will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will do this. But that's all promise. That's all future tense. It's coming and he shall be called and he will do this. But what about now and this is where i really wanted to kind of get to um i have a, a, a hymn that surprises me this year it's a little town of bethlehem and then a little bit of what child is this which surprised me because i think that typically is a pretty simple carol or simple hymn i hear these words as the people who have walked and do walk in darkness to us a light has shined and to us who are still dead in our trespasses and sins has come to us the light of life. Um, here's the here's the, the lyrics of a little town of Bethlehem. And then we're going to kind of play with this a little bit. Hear that word, you know, to you who walk in darkness, a light has shined. And now, Phillips Brooks, an Episcopal bishop, in fact, um, no longer with us, obviously. Uh, when he wrote these, he took Bethlehem, um, the the city, the small city in which Jesus was born. And he personified it. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Um, so here, you know, this personification of Bethlehem, because then I ask us to hear it a different way. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, how still we see thee lie. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. How silently, how silently the wondrous gift is given. And so God imparts to human hearts the blessing of this heaven. No ear may hear his coming, but in this world of sin, where meek souls will receive him, still the dear Christ enters in. O holy child of Bethlehem, descend to us, we pray. Cast out our sin and enter in. Be born to us this day. We hear the Christmas angels, the great glad tidings tell. O come to us. Abide with us, our Lord Emmanuel. Familiar words. Going to try to actually 
break down the familiar and come into a different place. Um, as Phillips Brooks personified Bethlehem, what if we personified these same words to our own hearts? As if it was being spoken not to a little town of Bethlehem, but Gil, in your own heart, how still I see you lie. Above your deep and dreamless sleep, the silent stars go by. And we hear that, and he can break this down. I think it works. Little, little town. You know, oh, little child. Um, that's the way the scriptures will often speak to us. And it's correct. Little town of Bethlehem, this inconsequential, nothing backwater place where there's just, you're of no consequence. You're of no import. You're of no worth. You're of no matter. You have no weight. And in the scheme of cosmic history, the billions and billions and billions of people who have lived, past, present, and future, who am I? to think that my own needs, my suffering, my longings have any, are they really going to sort of tip the cosmic scale as it were? You know, it's just like, I mean, that's the, now it's the grains on the sand of a seashore or like, like a, even smaller than that, a, a fleck of dust that's, that you can't even see on the scale of human history would be my own pain, my own suffering, my own ball of need. And yet, here's the hymn. Oh, little town of Bethlehem, but here it is spoken to you. How still we see thee lie above thy deep and dreamless sleep. The Bible, Paul, 1 Corinthians 15 and other places would describe our own sleep, the sleep of death, you know, dead in our trespasses and sins, not being able to do anything. Great image that I was given this week. In fact, I, no, it wasn't him. Um, I need to find this video because it would be a great illustration. Uh, evidently, somewhere they did a, a up in the space station or long before that, um, they had an astronaut and, and somebody else put him right here. And there's the wall right there. And they said, okay, now go to the wall. <laughs> and he does this. And, of course, he flips and all that because we have what's called an internal center of gravity. And you can he could make all these gyrations and locomotion and he could flip every which way. But he could not move six inches to the wall. He was stuck. He was dead in his trespasses and sins. Now, he was alive in himself, as it were, spinning around, doing all manner of things. And it would probably be a ton of fun for the first five minutes, as long as you knew that somebody else was right there to sort of move you to the wall. Because if he just stays there forever, he can't do anything about it. I mean, that's a picture almost of hell, isn't it? Of not being at your salvation right there, but you couldn't go. Above thy deep and dreamless sleep. Deep and dreamless, this place of being dead in our trespasses and sins. Not being able to move six inches, much less, you know, from, from hell to heaven. From judgment to grace. From, from, from any place of, of provision. To, to any place of provision. How you see the silent stars go by. Yet, and what a word of hope. God breaking in to enemy-occupied territory. Yet in thy dark streets shineth. This, now this personification of our own hearts having just massive continents of, uh, of unevangelized lands. Joseph Conrad. Uh, Yet in thy dark streets shineth the everlasting light. The hopes and fears of all the years are met in thee, in you, in me, tonight. 
There's a real pregnancy there, isn't there? And so here, contrasting um, the normal way, and there's nothing wrong with this. I mean, this is just one of the first ones that came out in Google. I mean, this is how we associate the sights, the sounds, the smells of Christmas. You know, of a, of a manger, and Mary, she's beautiful, and Jesus is clean, and all the animals are nice, and they're sitting there. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, this this is, you know, Christmas today. You know, you can always imagine that. And I think with some fruit in a forgotten place, commotion and busyness, because there's no room for them at the end, can't get into any place, couldn't afford it anyway. They're selling pigeons, which means they're poor. And being born in a box or being put in a box, something else like that. I mean, this is where they're going to show up, someplace like this, in the dark streets of our human hearts. Let in that dark street shineth the everlasting light. So thinking this, now pulling over Flannery O'Connor, if you've been in some of my classes in years past, you'll remember her um, her vivid scene from one of her stories where she describes Jesus as that blue-cold child. It's that great phrase. Behold this blue-cold child in whom the hopes and fears of all the years are met in the silent town of Bethlehem, not to mention the silent space of our own hearts where each of us are dead in a deep and dreamless sleep. Behold this child, your Emmanuel, that you have cried out for. Come and behold this child, this God with you, your answer to prayer. Your answer to prayer? This blue-cold child? Your answer to longing? What child is this? Uh, this, this is Christ the King? This blue-cold child, born in a box, born amidst the unclean, right next to manure? Um, in the bleak midwinter where earth stood hard as iron, impenetrable. This, this is Christ the King. What child is this who laid to rest on Mary's lap is sleeping, whom angels greet with ansom sweet while shepherds watch her keeping? This, this is Christ the King, whom shepherds guard and angels sing. So obviously I'm blending my hymns here. But hearing the first <laughs> verse and a half with what also surprised me. And sort of the cynicism of my own heart of like this blue cold child, this is going to be the savior of the world. But remember, the sound of Christmas is an alien sound. And when I say that is good and that is bad, and I would say that is not going to change this cosmic scale. If I can't do it, this baby's not. Um, that baby, there's nothing. There's no hope there. But then we hear this. Um, our Bible study, some of whom are here. We've been going through Isaiah this year. And uh, and what's normally, um, it's the reading for Good Friday, so going back also to the dead tomb, uh, Isaiah 53, um, uh, 52 and 53. Isaiah, not surprisingly, to get our attention before we read these words, um, he first says, Awake, awake! And then a few layers, verses later he says, Behold! And now we see this child and we hear these words. He had no form or majesty that we should desire him, uh, that we should look at him. No beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a baby of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And as one, form, uh, as one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. And he will be pierced for our transgressions and he will be crushed for our iniquities. Upon him will be the chastisement that brings us peace, and with his wounds we will be healed. 
and the Lord will lay on him this blue cold child the iniquity of us all and then the sounds of Christmas move from the sound of hiddenness to the sound of revelation and now the cynic in me dies as somebody has moved me perhaps to the wall away from my own gesticulations and gyrations and I hear William Dix's what child is this I hear it in a different voice and I don't say this this is Christ the King but actually now I come to him and say this this behold awake lo this this is Christ the King whom shepherds guard and angels sing haste haste to bring him Lord the babe the son of Mary and then with wonder I start to ask how could he be there how could he the pre-existent word of the Father now in flesh appearing how could he be here in a forgotten barrio um, placed in a box placed in a manger why lies he in such mean estate where ox and donkeys are feeding good Christians fear for sinners here the silent word is pleading nails and spears shall pierce him through the cross he bore for me from you hail hail the word made flesh the babe the son of Mary so now back to the lyrics of, uh, of Phillips Brooks a little town of Bethlehem and this timeless appeal we'll sing it on Sunday and I wonder if now because this is my invitation to me and to you to really prepare us let every heart prepare him room to prepare us for our hearing our hearing this week today tomorrow Tuesday Wednesday Thursday Friday Saturday Sunday when we come back together to hear the sound maybe at the same time our urgency and desperation but also his provision um, in the world that seems often so absent of him that maybe just maybe he's here but remember if I think oh that must be God he's probably saying no I'm over there how silently how silently the wondrous gift is given enemy occupied territory an insurgent how silently how silently the wondrous gift is given and so God imparts to human hearts the blessings of this heaven no ear may hear his coming but in this world of sin where meek souls will receive him still the dear Christ enters in and I think about that word this great qualifier still the dear Christ enters in the timelessness of now the in spite of my failure my weakness my inattentiveness my inability to hear I can't move six inches to do anything um, still the dear Christ enters in there's no sound that's native to this every native sound in me would say something like for God's sake Gil just just do something get up walk to him say yes move do something still in spite of all of my inability to do anything of that he enters in and so my utterance my plea and my prayer uh, returns back to the sound with all humility oh holy child descend to us we pray cast out our sin and enter in be born to us this day we hear the Christmas angels the great 
glad tidings tell, oh, come to us. So now we're back. Just like with the, oh, come to us, oh, come to us, Emmanuel. Oh, come to us, abide with us, our Lord, Emmanuel. So now, the sound has been mixed. Um, and for a moment, by sheer grace of God, I start to hear the sound of Christmas. The word becomes more and more clear. Uh, and as we hear the announcement to the ordinary, on an ordinary night, to ordinary shepherds who are preparing very ordinary sheep for the ordinary and repeated sacrifices at the temple just two miles away. That's what the shepherds were doing. They were tending the sheep who would be the, uh, the sacrifices that would be repeated year in and year out, year in and year out, year in and year out. And the angels came to those men and he said this, if I have to say, these are the verses which say Christmas more than any other. Behold, now we're back. Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And I wonder, do we hear this? Do I hear this too quickly? Do I lose the force behind this Christmas announcement that this is the word which tells at once of my own need and God's provision, the birth and entrance to the beginning, the alpha of my new life, the thing that has happened in that timelessness of the now. This day, not only that day, but this day, again and again and again, December 25th, December 26th, July 7th, um, uh, November 6th, again and again and again, born to you this day. Do I hear it too quickly? And then W.H. Auden's poem, We Who Must Die, going back to the, the waiting, we demand a miracle. There's two ways to hear demand. There's demand as if I have any entitlement or position to, 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 uh, uh, to recall some action on another person. I demand a recount. Uh, or it could be the last and desperate plea. Um, we who must die demand a miracle. How could the eternal do a temporal act? The infinite become a finite fact? Nothing can save us that is possible. That's over here, the native word. We who must die demand a miracle. So I hear it again. We who must die demand a miracle. And the announcement which now starts to come through in both ears, Behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And the sound of Christmas is the sound of miracle. Hark! The herald angels sing. Glory to the newborn King. Peace on earth and mercy mild. God and sinners reconciled. And now I try to make sense of this whole peace on earth, peace and goodwill towards men and all that. And I was like, oh yeah, I got it wrong. I thought peace was the absence of war and conflict and all that. And it's this idea of God and sinners are reconciled. What am I being saved from? War, poverty, famine, sure. The law, sin, death itself, the last great enemy, yes. But ultimately, 
I'm being saved from God Himself. I'm being saved from God and His wrath, His rightful wrath. Lo, He comes in clouds descending for the second and final and great judgment. And from that, the Word comes. God and sinners are reconciled. And Paul says it, and he's right. Therefore, we have been justified through faith and we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, this blue-cold child, through whom we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand. Um, what's left? I watched the end of Scrooge yesterday morning. That is a great movie. It's really funny. It's really good. And Bill Murray's like, I get it now. I get it now. I see, I see. And there's something like that. What's left? The sound of Christmas is the sound of a miracle. And it's the sound of being able to recognize things as they actually are. And what's left? Wonder, love, all, praise. What's left? Rise up, all ye nations. Joyful, all ye nations, rise. Join the triumphs of the skies. With the angelic hosts proclaim, Christ is born in Bethlehem. Late in time, behold him come, offspring of the virgin's womb, veiled in flesh, the Godhead. See, hail the incarnate deity, pleased with us in flesh to dwell. Jesus our Emmanuel. So the last hymn uh, that we'll sing on Sunday, Christmas Eve services, um, is uh, O Come All Ye Faithful. And if there was one I was going to play, it would still be Bob Dylan's version of O Come All Ye Faithful, where he starts off in the Latin, Adeste Fidelis. Um, uh, o Come All Ye Faithful. And here's a change. We started off just 40 minutes ago. O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, from that place of longing and need. I need to be ransomed, I need to be freed, I need something open to me and another thing closed. Close this path of misery to me, Lord. I need this. I can't move six inches. But now the last cry is the cry of, Come, come all ye faithful. Come ye who hears the sound of Christmas. Come ye who know the provision of our God who speaks to us, Behold, this day, this hour, this moment, born to you a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. Come ye faithful, joyful, and triumphant. Come ye, come ye to Bethlehem. Come and behold Him, born the King of angels. Come, let us adore Him, Christ the Lord. God from God, light from light eternal. Lo, He abhors not the virgin's womb only begotten Son of the Father, child for us sinners, poor and in a manger, in a box. We would embrace thee with love and awe. Who would not love thee, loving us so dearly? Yea, Lord, we greet thee. Born this happy morning, Jesus, to thee be glory given. Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. O oh, come, all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant. Um, those will be the last words on our ears for those of us who are secure that we have been, that we have peace with God. Our call to assemble. Come, church, come all ye faithful, joyful and triumphant, uh, knowing that God and sinners reconciled. Um, so let me pray.
Gracious Father, um, take these feeble words and uh, use them in a way that would that you would um, that would be helpful, uh, that a way that would prepare us to to uh, to come into the next week um, with friends and family, with uh, with pain and with discord, with a sense of loss, but also with a great sense uh, as we bring so much of that anyway, that you would also break through that and give us a word of hope, of peace, uh, of uh, of of a, of a sense of security. Uh, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this, Lord. You have promised that. Um, let it be so. In Jesus' name. Amen. You've been listening to audio from the Cathedral Church of the Advent. If you live in Birmingham or find yourself visiting, we hope you'll join us at one of our Sunday services. Find out more at adventbirmingham.org.